0: there and welcome back to Holistic Health Masterclass Podcast. This is your host, Brett Hawes, and um, we are back with another episode today. Today's episode is all about clearing out the clutter, Okay, so decluttering, and my guest today is Tracy McCubbin. Uh, She is an author. um, She runs a business called Declutterfly, and we discuss on the show today her latest book, which is uh, Making Space Clutter-Free, The last book on decluttering that you'll ever need. And I gotta say, I am totally in love with Tracy's um, holistic approach to clearing out clutter. So, when you think of clutter, um, you know, we talk about this in the show. Clutter means different things to different people. There's a difference between clutter and hoarding. But what I love about this, and this is really a, a core theme that runs through this whole podcast, is the emotional attachment to our stuff. And the emotional connections and blocks that we build up with our stuff. So it's a very fascinating conversation as we walk through these emotional blocks. We uncover some of the hidden reasons why... People actually hold on to stuff. And if you consider that the storage business is absolutely booming these days, and um, it's actually one of the fastest growing industries is off-site storage, you consider that we have access to all of the stuff, right? We can buy cheap stuff online any minute of any day. And, you know, you think about consumerism in the world we live in, it's no wonder people are buying too many things and we're sitting on those things and we don't wanna let those things go. So I think that if this sounds a little bit like you and you find that maybe you have piles of paper or rooms with stuff in there that you've never been in for years or whatever the situation that you might find yourself in, I think that you're gonna get a lot of value out of today's show. Um, I know I did. Uh, you know, After reading Tracy's book, it really made me look around my house, look around my space and think a little bit harder about about um, what I'm surrounding myself with. And uh, yeah, so I think that you're going to enjoy today's episode. And of course, um, if you do, um, please share this with your friends, family, community, and uh, subscribe to the show and leave us a review. So uh, without further ado, um, I bring you today's guest, Tracy McCubbin. And if you're interested in connecting with her, reading her book, or checking out her services, uh, please do check out the show notes. So welcome to today's show, and uh, thanks for tuning in. Hey Tracy, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So Tracy, you are the author of the book Making Space Clutter Free. Um, How would you describe what you do?
1: Uh, that's a great question. Um, I think I'm part declutterer, part organizer, and part therapist. And I mean no disrespect to therapists who have degrees. I I don't have a degree in psychology, but I um, I started organizing people about 13 years ago, and it was just I it came out of being a personal assistant, and people when you're a personal assistant, they think you can do everything. So I would get calls and help people and sort through paperwork or move or unearth an office where business had gone under and through my work with them, I uh, I just got busier and busier and busier. And I started to see these patterns emerge, these sort of stories that people had told themselves about their stuff and why this stuff was so important to them, even though it was getting in the way of how they wanted to be living their life. And so out of these stories, I saw seven commonalities and I call them our clutter blocks. They're these literal blocks that we've invented that keeps us stuck with our stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so, we, so you're a, a decluttering expert. Is that? Yeah. A, so I have a, you, a business, actually own a company, my bus- right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So my business is called Declutterfly. We've been in business for 13 years now. I have a staff of eight. So we, I am every day, all day, uh, decluttering, working with cool. clients, organizing them. So I'm really, really in the field. I've, yeah, I, I think I just logged uh, my 2,000th job. I mean, wow. it's, a little, it's a little crazy. I know, wow. those Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours. I'm like, I've looped that like <laughs> three times.
0: <laughs> and no, no doubt you have seen it all. So we'll get into some of that in just a second. Um, but, but, you know, on a, from, a, from a sort of like foundational step, how do you define clutter? Because I think clutter would probably mean different things to different people. So perhaps you can give us your sort of expert definition, if you will.
1: So, I define clutter as the stuff that gets in the way of the life that you want to be living. It's the stuff that keeps your home from being, you know, beautiful to you or useful to you or restful to you. So, it's everything from Your dining room table is piled with papers and things you need to return and kids' backpacks. So you don't eat dinner at the dining room table. You watch TV and eat dinner on the couch. You know, your kitchen counters are covered with just junk. Your cupboards in the kitchen are stuffed full of food you don't eat anymore. So you're resident to you're hesitant to cook a healthy meal so you order takeout, you know, you're getting dressed out of the laundry basket because your closet is a disaster and it gives you so much stress to try and get dressed in the morning that you start the day at a stressed level. You're not you mm. know, getting out into the world calm and ready to face it, but you've already jacked your cortisol up before you're even out the door. So, you know, those are the everyday applications. That's what I see clutter, but it also goes further into, you know, do you have rooms in your house that you don't use because they're so full of stuff you don't use? Are you paying for outside storage units? Is there a cost to your clutter? Are there things that are costing you money that you're not using? Then they become clutter.
0: Yeah, I mean, so so we're essentially dipping our toe into the water of of hoarders, right? Where people, you know, I mean, that's probably in a very extreme case of clutter.
1: Yeah, we're not. So um, I want to clarify this. I am actually the child of a hoarder, so I have a lot of experience in this. And hoarder is an hoarding disorder is an actual diagnosed mental disorder. It's okay. um, an anxiety disorder, not dissimilar to agoraphobia. Um, it's a very complicated, very difficult disorder. And if you think that you have it or someone that you love, um, I would recommend getting therapeutic help. Uh, There's some very successful things to deal with it. Cognitive behavior therapy, you know. So what I'm mm-hmm. talking about is, Those of us that have the garden variety clutter. You know, we're at a place right now where it's never been easier to shop. You know, I was joking in the olden days, you know, when I was a kid, (laughs) you know, I would go shopping with my grandmother. It was like an outing, right? You got dressed and you got in the car and you drove to the grocery, you drove to the store. You know, now you just order on Amazon and you don't even have to put your pants on. So we're inundated with stuff. Things are really cheap to buy now. We're just consuming and consuming and consuming. And what that's done is caused what I think is a clutter epidemic. So this is a little different than people who are dealing with hoarding disorder. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fair. And that's actually why I asked the the question, right? So, you know, for myself and also for listeners to really sort of make that distinction and understand, you know, the area that we're sort of talking about today, Um, you know, and, you you know, you're so spot on with the whole shopping thing. You know, we live in such a consumer uh, society. And when you double down with that, you know, everything is way cheaper than it used to be, um, online shopping, you know, on-demand shopping. And um, you know, one of the things you mentioned in your book, which I personally resonate with because I have a young child, is um, you know, children back in the day, uh, we would have you know, a few prized toys that we would play with and we would literally play with them until they were done. You know? And if they broke, we would fix them. And nowadays, that's just not the case. You know, children are growing up with tons and tons of stuff around them all the time and uh,
1: i read a statistic um that in the united states even though the children in the united states make up a fraction of the children in the whole globe in the whole world but yet we buy 40 percent of the world's toys
0: crazy Crazy. And a lot of that stuff is not, it's not being recycled or passed along, you know, maybe it's being passed along within the family or perhaps within the, you know, extended family, but ultimately it's all landing up in the landfill, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's, the bulk of it is plastic. So it's not even, you know, going to break down ever. And it's, you know, what I'm seeing in toys now is that they come with so many little parts. So you lose one and it becomes obsolete.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, um, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy and, and I'm, I'm not sure what to do about the kid situation. However, uh, let's push forward because you have some really, really cool tools and tips um, a little bit later on in our conversation. I think we'll get there. But before, you know, just to sort of like get our feet wet, what do you think clutter is actually doing to us on a sort of perhaps mental, psychological level? Um, you know, We'll talk about the emotional side of things in just a second, but what is it actually doing to us?
1: It's absolutely increasing our stress. I, uh, I describe clutter as a constant to-do list, that you look at all this stuff and you have to manage it. Where does it go? Where should I put it away? Do I need it? Do I not need it? You know, that's what I see in my clients that I get the phone call that people say, I can't live like this anymore. Mm. I don't come home and I don't rest. I don't, you know, refill myself. It's just, I'm dealing with moving stuff all around. And they've done tons of studies about that exact thing. They've done a study where they uh, tested the cortisol in women and women who live in cluttered homes have greater, greater... um, uh, incidences of you know high cortisol. So it's hmm. an absolute link to stress levels. And there's also something called um, decision fatigue. And I okay. don't know if you've talked about that at all. No,
0: no, I haven't. No, please share.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. So um, they did a study and what they found is that the part of the brain that makes Decisions. There's a fantastic article in the New York Times about this because if I get a fact right, I don't want to, you know. But <laughs> what, simply put, they found that the part of the brain that makes decisions, contrary to what we think about the brain, gets tired faster than the rest of the brain. And when it gets tired, it defaults to making bad decisions. So it's the reason why you wake up in the morning rested and you've convinced yourself that I'm only eating broiled chicken and steamed broccoli today. And then after you've worked a 12-hour day and you're eating your 10th piece of pizza, you're like, how did this happen? I wasn't going to do this. You default to making bad decisions. So every piece of clutter, every stuff in your house is a decision. So when you live in a cluttered house, you're putting yourself in decision fatigue.
0: Hmm. And I would imagine a lot of this is actually going on in the background, right? It's like a, it's almost subconscious,
1: um oh, yeah. yeah, and you know, people often say, you know the the brain has another ability to um when it doesn't want to see something anymore it you know it can only take in so much so it literally stops to see seeing it so you'll have piles of things that you've walked by for years and you you don't even see them anymore you know you have a hmm. guest room that you don't go into and you kind of forget it even exists and then someone else will come into your house and you'll see it in a new light and you're like oh wow that is a lot of stuff but it's there it's weighing on you all the time you know if you have a garage full of Things and you have to park your car on the street, you know, in some (laughs) place in the back of your head, that stuff is in there, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. And so many people like that, right? I mean, we we all know just as you're talking, I mean, I can personally relate to some of it. Um, You know, we all know, you know, the grandparents where the garage is just full with stuff you know and that they never even look at they never touch but it's tools from 60 years ago you know that they're never going to oh, use yeah. Again. look yeah. this
1: this is all of us that's yeah, that's yeah. the thing that that we're all you know i i am in no way a minimalist but i'm incredibly mindful and it's you know if i don't stay on top of it i'm like where did all this mail come from? You know, Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. stuff. It's just, there are forces working against us. And it's about, I think, an accountability and a mindfulness and an awareness. Uh, One thing clients say to me all the time is like, I don't know how it got like this. And I'm like, well, you brought it in. Like someone had to bring this stuff into your house. It just didn't happen. And I think that we really need to just take accountability for the amount that we consume.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, just a, a couple of things that you you alluded to right now and, and just coming back to the book, you know, one thing I love about your approach and the way you speak about this and the way you write about it in the book is that, you know, it's it's a very holistic uh, approach it 's a very mindful approach to dealing with all of this, and you know this is a sort of good segue, if you will, into um, what you call the emotional clutter blocks right. Because um, I never, ever thought about it like that. You know, we, we think about holding on to emotions, um, especially, you know, our listeners are are quite familiar with holistic health, you know, it's the title of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never actually really connected those two things together, you know, having stuff in your house and how they could attach to these emotional blockages. So perhaps um you can sort of walk us through uh, briefly the the emotional clutter blocks and what they are.
1: Absolutely. So, um, and th- that's such a great, before we go into this, it's mm-hmm. such a great point about the idea of this h- sort of holistic approach. My goal is that I want people to be happy. I want people to have less stress. You know, we're not going to be happy all the time. Things are going to happen in life, but I, if you're creating a home that's full of stuff that you don't want and need, you're already stacking the deck against you. You know, in the same way that we're looking at how we eat. I, um, I've just done. I took sugar out of my diet. I'm on like day 27. I think. Whoa, how's it going? Um, yeah, it's good. good. It's it, it it's tough. I want. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. tough. <laughs> um, but what it's done is. It, and it's interesting. I see myself kind of going through things that my clients go with, because it's a go-to. You know, oh, I worked really hard. And I deserve a cookie, or you know, this, this. And and it's the same way that I realized kind of how it was undermining my good health. And I feel that same way about our clutter. Your clutter can undermine your happiness. So I don't want their home, everyone's homes to be perfect. Who am I to say what perfect is? I want your home to work for you. So that's why I want everyone to look at the bigger picture. So the clutter blocks, um, they're stories that we've invented. And we've all invented them and we all have some version of them. And I think there are seven of them. And so these are the things that we tell ourselves about why we can't possibly let go of our stuff. So for example, clutter block number one is my stuff keeps me stuck in the past. So this is clothes we don't fit into anymore because we've changed sizes. Um, You know, all of our child's, every, every... turkey hand they ever made or every piece of art or every you know homework assignment you know these are trophies from sports we played that we don't even really remember playing we don't remember the game you know it's all these things that tell us our best days are behind us and absolutely i'm not talking about memorabilia full stop i'm not saying wipe out your memories but when it gets to a point that you Um, you know, you have a bedroom, I'm working with a client who has a bedroom that was her kids and it's sort of frozen in time and her daughter's, or it's her son's room, her son's in his thirties and just bought his first house. And it's like, she wants, she needs that space to do this project she's super excited about. And I keep saying, well, why don't we move it in here? And she's like, but I have to say, you know, I want to save the time. I want to preserve that in history. So it's it's really when that stuff keeps you. St- then we go to clutter block number two. Sorry, the, is-
0: the, sorry, the audio cut out there for a second. Oh, so I, I, that, sure. That's why that's why there was a weird lag, and <laughs> I didn't say anything. Okay. But um, I did want to say something on that, and just the question: Do you feel like people? Are, are trying to sort of hold on to the good old days, like the good times, is, is that what it is, or?
1: Yeah, I think yeah, I think people yeah. wanna, yes, and I also think that um, what people don't understand is w- what they want is the memories, right? We wanna remember, um, and so the stuff is a reminder, right? It, it spurs a memory in us, but what we've done is we, we don't realize that it's just a memory that we want spurred, we give all this, we imbue all this meaning into the stuff. The stuff mm. represents mm. what was. And it's like, you wanna remember, and there are ways to remember. I mean, I gotta tell you, smartphones have changed my business because now everybody just takes a picture.
0: Right, right, right. right. It's like, right.
1: great, take a picture. Absolutely, take a picture, you know, go back, relive that. Absolutely, but you don't have to keep all the stuff around it.
0: Well, I I think the sense that I get as well is that if you've got all this stuff around it and you're holding on to that, you're also, there's no room to make anything new, right? Like you can't create anything new and sort of, uh, what's the word? Not reinvent yourself, but just take on something new like your client's who's trying to you know birth this new project and get it off the ground and they have no space to do it because something old is occupying that same space.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely energetic, yeah. right? Yeah. It's yeah. you're you're I mean the perfect example is clothes we don't fit into anymore. I you know I am about to be 55. My body is very different than when I was 20. Just mm-hmm. that's life, you know. I work out and I feel good about it, but it's different. So I'm not ever um, uh, you know, I'm not ever gonna, there's a lot of clothes I'm not going to wear anymore. So to keep that and to remind myself that I used to be something and somehow that something was better, that's Mm. not healthy. That's not helping me embrace where I am today. I'm not going to go backwards and guess what? That's okay. I'm not supposed to, I'm not supposed to.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there's just so much you could read into um, that, that statement and that way of thinking, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, of course, on the flip side, if someone is very happy with who they are right now and they're living in the moment and perhaps being more present, um, maybe they're, they're going to have a much easier time of letting go of that clutter or perhaps they wouldn't even have the clutter in the first place.
1: Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think yeah. so. And I think it's, you know, for me, it's always comes down to an awareness, Mm -hmm. You know, just Mm -hmm. like, why are you keeping this? I mean, that's the question. That's what the whole book is about is, you know, asking yourself, why do you have all this stuff and is it serving you?
0: Well, I think that's the big question, right? Is is it serving you? I mean, if something is serving you, then great, you know, no problems. But uh, obviously in your line of work and your experience, um, you know, the reason why you wrote the book and do what you do is because, you know, 99% of the time it's not serving people. Uh, No,
1: absolutely, absolutely, and you know, there's uh, a big bugaboo with clients is books, right? You're gonna tell me to get rid of all my books, and I'm like, absolutely not, right? You know, Mm -hmm. my to be to be read pile is huge. You know, I read every day. it, It it's not for me to say how many books is the right amount. But if you have books stacked all over the floor and you, you're you never going to read them and you just keep buying books because you're an information seeker but you're not reading them, then we're going to have a <laughs> yeah. different conversation.
0: Totally, totally. Okay, so let's um, let's move on to n- number two, uh, number two emotional block.
1: My stuff tells me who I am. So this is my shoppers. These are people who um, use shopping and buying of stuff as an identity so you know your a, a client said recently she's like how could i possibly be lonely i have two pairs of sho-, you know sorry i have 200 pairs of shoes you know it's this idea that you're engaging in what feels like connection you know you're going out you're purchasing something it's keeping you busy you're not lonely i got to buy this i got to return that you know it's 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 kind of I call it make work. Like you're just making all this busy work, but you're not Mm. really interacting with humans. I, um, I have a, I live in a building with a front desk. And so my packages all go to a mailroom. And so I get a little email that says, you have a package, you have a package. And it's like, my first thought is I was like, Oh, somebody sent me a present. It's like, no, you went on Amazon and bought
0: it, <laughs>
1: you know. And but we're hardwired that it's this habit, and so we think that this shopping is going to fill something in us.
0: Right, right. And you know, as you said, we're we're all guilty of it, right? Um, of
1: course, yeah. Of
0: it's, the course. World, it's the world we live in. So
1: yeah, there's no way around it. And you know, a, a great exercise that I tell my clients is. When, you, uh, when I hear them saying, well, you know, I need a new pair of shoes, I need a new pair of jeans, I'm like, just take the word need out and say want, because chances are you don't need a new pair of shoes.
0: At least it's but. more honest if you say want, right?
1: Absolutely. and <laughs> yeah. then, Right. And then, look, if you want it, I, I got my eyes on a pair of boots right now. I want them real bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know it, but I don't need them. You know, so if you get exactly, that's what I want you to be. I want you to be honest about, um, you know, what you're doing it. it, it, And to go back to this, you know, we just talked about how I've given up sugar for these days and I've come up a couple of times where I'm like, okay, you know, I really, I just want that. And is it going to be worth it to how I feel afterwards? Mm -hmm. Just having a conversation with myself Mm -hmm. so far, Mm -hmm. it hasn't been worth it.
0: Well, that's good. So you're you're on the right track. That's great. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yes. Um, so, clutter block number three, and this is I fully admit this is my clutter block. This is avoiding my stuff. So, this is piles of paperwork, unopened mail, not doing our taxes. You know, this is the business of being a grown up. And when we are stuck in this clutter block, we get really stuck. And the interesting thing about this clutter block is I really see my very successful people with this, you know, that they live kind of big lives and are doing a lot during the day. And then when they get home, they kind of let their personal business slide. So it's a really interesting one.
0: Yeah, I, I think I definitely identify with that block myself personally. Yeah, there's a sort of like the things that are a little bit lower down on the totem pole in terms of your own priorities, but nonetheless are actually quite important. And, um, we, we just kind of, well, don't exactly.
1: Ever... And also they're not very fun. Like,
0: no,
1: you know, and so this is the one where you're like, you gotta, you gotta put your big girl pants on. This is also a great one. You know, I'm a, a big fan of, um, plan your work, work your plan. So scheduling in time to do the things you don't want to do, put them in your calendar. So I have tomorrow, I don't have clients, so I have a two-hour block for my own. It's just admin work where I two hours, I'm going to get stuff done. So I think people need to understand that for the most part, for those tasks you don't want to do, you're not going to wake up and be like, all right, today I'm going to do this. You know, you need to schedule it in and block the time out.
0: Yeah. And that's actually something that I've, you know, coming into the new year, um, at the end of last year, I was like, "Okay, you know what? I got to change something. I got to do something different." And so I've committed myself to doing two days, so two full days uh, a month, of um, just stuff that I don't necessarily want to do, so administrative stuff, um, you know, et cetera. Et cetera. So uh, I'm happy to hear you say that, and it's actually reinforcing my own uh, behavior. So thank you for that.
1: Um, yeah, it's it's great. I I, I have yep. to do it to myself too, and and always, you know, and also realize that it's always going to take a little longer than you think. You know? That's
0: why I block out a whole day.
1: <laughs> Good job. <laughs>
0: not a couple of hours, because I know it's not going to be a couple of hours. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, uh, number four. Oh, my fantasy stuff for my fantasy life. This is holding on. You know, this is, we've decided we want to take up a new sport. You know, I want to rock climb. And we go out, first of all, we go out and we buy everything for it before we even try it. And we think we're going to love it. And then we realize we hate it, Right. Yeah. And we don't want to do it, um, but we fantasize that we are going to be this person. You know, um, these are buying of treadmills because you're going to run, or you know, buying all this yarn because you think you should be a knitter. You know that there, there are so many activities and hobbies and things to do, and it's okay if there are things you don't like to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we need to give ourselves a break and be like, you know, what? I don't like that. Me personally. I don't like to run. I've never liked to run. It's not my form of exercise. Every once in a while, I think maybe I should start running. it's like, no, 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 you don't like to run. That's okay. Figure out what you love to do and do that. Mm -hmm. You know, instead Mm -hmm. of concentrating on what you don't like and somehow feeling bad about it, be like, no, this is what I like to do. This is what I enjoy. I, and I'm great if I don't become a runner.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, you said it, uh, the the guilt factor, right? Because I think, uh, especially when it comes to things of perhaps personal development or, you know, things like uh, I want to learn how to play a musical instrument, I want to learn a sport, I would like to exercise more, I want to, you know, whatever it is. And then we buy the stuff and we try it a couple of times and then sort of fall off the wagon. It's not for us. And then you can sort of sit, I guess, if you have the stuff in visibility, you can sort of beat yourself up a little bit um you know as as the days go on and sort of be like, "Well, I should do it, I should do it, I should do it, and I bought the stuff, I should do it, but you don't really enjoy doing it uh, so
1: yeah, I mean it's it's we we're as humans we're so quick to create scenarios where we can continue to beat ourselves up, right? Mm-hmm. We just don't cut it. I posted something on Instagram yesterday where uh, it, it was a sign that someone sent me that said, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. The mom and ET e. had an alien living in her living room for a couple days before she even noticed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: true, true, <laughs> oh. true, true. Where are we it's at? Like, are we on what are we, number five?
1: Five, yeah. Five, yeah. So oh. Yeah. So number five is I'm not worth my good stuff. So this is, we're just after the holidays. This is not using our nice China. This is not wearing our pretty clothes. You know, this is saving our stuff for someday. And I can tell you there's no guarantee of someday, right? Mm -hmm, You mm -hmm. just don't know that it's going to happen. So use your nice stuff wear your nice clothes, eat the fancy chocolate, burn the smelly candle, like, you know, do the nice things for yourself because you work really hard and, and there's no, today is special. Like, you know, take, if you're just having a turkey sandwich, like put it on a nice plate. Like you don't have to eat out of the carton, like do those little things because it just sends such a lovely message, right? That you're worth it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just really, this is the one I really want. I mean, all of them, but I really want people to embrace.
0: Well, you share, you, you shared a, a pretty interesting story in your book. And um, correct me if I get it wrong, but it was like a 70 year old Chinese couple, I think it was, that you were working with, and, and yeah, they never, yeah, like forty they were, years, and they'd never unpacked any of their wedding gifts or anything.
1: Like yeah, that. they were Japanese American, and they had okay. ne- they, not only had they not unpacked, they hadn't unwrapped. They were still in the wrapping paper and they were downsizing and so much of the stuff was fabric and it had disintegrated and it all just went away and they could have been enjoying it. And she just kept saying, oh, well, we didn't, you know, we're not like that. We don't, we don't live that life. We don't, you know, and we do, we all do. And, you know, I don't, I, you know, I, a lot of my businesses, I help people clean out after someone's passed
0: yeah and I wanted to talk to you about that actually I mean since since we're on it, to may as well just uh, talk about it because yeah, you had uh, a section near the back of the book there, which is about clutter after death, which I thought was interesting.
1: yeah, so you know it's a very challenging, as everyone mm-hmm, knows, mm-hmm. an incredibly challenging time. so we often work with you know if the parents have passed away and the kids are grown kids are scattered around the country or they're trying to get you know, a house on the market and, or, or just go through the sheer volume of stuff. So we really help, um, we kind of can keep everyone on task. We can help divide things. Um, and, but it's just such a tough time because you've lost this person that you love or alternately that you have a challenging relationship with and you're being triggered at every turn. So, it's great that we can come in and kind of help you see things in a very practical way. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But it's a, you know, it's a real, but my point being that oftentimes in doing this, um, we'll come across so many things that no one's ever used. Right. No. And it's too late.
0: Yeah. Well, and and I assume as well that it's not just, you know, um, we're sort of looking at it through the lens of a recent death, but what about people that passed, you know, 30, 40 years ago and we're just holding on to all of that stuff?
1: Um, Oh, yeah. yeah. uh, Another big part of my business is helping people clean out their storage units because they're tired of paying for them. And I see that stuff a lot. You know, my mom passed away... Yeah,
0: sorry. sorry. No, I was just going to say the whole storage unit business is crazy, right? I mean, it's like one of the most booming businesses or... or,
1: uh, And I will go on record. I've said it before and I will say it here. mm -hmm. Storage is bad. There is nothing... I have cleaned out hundreds of storage units. There is nothing, with the rarest of exceptions in a storage unit that's worth more than you've paid to store it.
0: Huh. That's a good point. It's a good point. It's
1: just, if I can say anything to anybody, like, just don't, like, one, I mean, just think about it logically. You're putting things that you think you need away somewhere where you have to go very far to get them. So you couldn't possibly need them
0: because you you, know, you're so, putting it somewhere far away because you don't have space to put it where you are now. So there's no way it's ever coming
1: back in, right? Oh, no, no, it's never coming back in. <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah. Of course not. And then, you you know, what I'm seeing now I'm, you know, is you're going to go there and there was a flood in the storage unit and the company never told you. So everything's ruined now. You know, I mean, I yeah. see that yeah. all the time. So I'm going <laughs> on record. Storage is bad.
0: Okay, really good. I bad. agree with you.
1: I agree. And with the first you. thing, if you have outside storage, the first thing I want you to do Add up how much you've spent because those fees increase every couple months. I want you to go back to day one and add it up and sit down because the number is going to, you know, knock you on your feet, you know, knock you off your feet. But it's, is it worth it? Is that total number worth it? Uh, I found very rarely that it is. Um, so this brings us. This is a great segue into clutter block number six, which is trapped with other people's stuff. So this is you've inherited all these things from people who have passed away, and you feel this obligation to hold on to it. That you are, you know, somehow the keeper of the history of the family, or someone in the family has told you that it might be worth something. You know that you are. Obligated to keep this, and what happens is it talk. It, this is the stuff that really stops serving people, right? That they're really that their garage is full, or outside storage is full, or their home. You know, I was in someone's house the other day that the living room was full of four couches and two, four bookshelves, and all you know, they don't even go in there and they're like, Well, that was my great aunt's, and that was someone's, and I don't like any of it, but how can I get rid of it? You know, and I think that. People oftentimes feel like they have to be the museum for the world.
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> you know, and it's not your obligation. You don't wear their clothes, you don't eat their food. You don't you don't have to keep their stuff. If you don't love it and you don't use it, it's okay.
0: Yeah. And I, I see this a lot with um with with parents whose kids are much older now, mm-hmm. and they they're not necessarily holding on for memorabilia's sake or anything like that, but their house or their garage becomes like a storage unit for the kids, because the kids are all like living in a one bedroom apartment somewhere in a city, and they don't want to get rid of their stuff, so they store all the stuff in the parents' um, garage, right? And then
1: yeah, and I'm gonna yeah. guess, and this is a pretty educated guess, that by the time the kids the grown children get to a bigger place, they're not going to want any of that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I think that it really, when I say trapped with other people's stuff, I mean trapped. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and so the last clutter block is the stuff I keep paying for. So this is, um, you know, this one also feeds into, uh, my fantasy stuff for my fantasy life, but this is the stuff that we keep that we don't need, but that we paid a lot of money for. You know, and you think, oh, I just, I can't, how can I paid so much money for it? I'm never going to let it go. I mean, exercise equipment is just, you know, the perfect. If I see one more, you know, clients joke all the time that have a treadmill in the middle of their living room living room or bedroom. <laughs> and I'm like, well, do you use this? And they go, absolutely. Every day to hang my clothes on. <laughs> you know, we've
0: all seen that. We've all seen it. Yeah.
1: yeah. So this is, you know, and this one, you, this one, you absolutely like, I'm like, you just got to put your big girl pants on, except that you spent too much money. You made a mistake. We all do it and let it go. Because again, keeping it there is just this reminder that you made a mistake. We're not going to get through life without making mistakes. It's what happens, you know, but mm-hmm. you don't have to beat yourself over the head with it
0: yeah so um yeah you know so I think again, you know, if you're listening out there, um, go and get the book because it, you know you, Tracy really sort of unpacks a lot of the stuff a lot more, um, and I found it pretty useful. but um what can people do about all of this? You know, one of the big sort of sections of your book is set yourself up like a pro, um, and then you give a lot you actually spend a lot of time in the book um, getting quite detailed with specific rooms and areas of the house and areas of people's lives where they can really get quite pragmatic with all this stuff and, um, and, and, and get rid of the clutter. So I don't know where you want to start with all of that, but.
1: Um. Well, yeah, you know, one of my intentions with this book was I wanted people to feel like they were working with me, right? Like in the book is how, as a client, I would app- so it's really detailed, so that people who get stuck or don't do this naturally can have a plan laid out and go, all right, I can see this. And you know what I want people—a great place to start. There's a couple a great, great place to start is just pay attention. Spend the next couple of days going through your life, making breakfast, getting dressed, you know, and realizing. Where you're, where you're stuck, where your house gets log jammed, right? Like, oh, getting dressed in the morning is actually a nightmare. Or I haven't cooked dinner in my kitchen because the countertops are covered with every kind of gadget known to mankind. So in paying attention to where your house is stuck, it's going to give you an idea where to start, Mm. And to understand that I want that Rome did not get cluttered in a day, so you're not going to unclutter it overnight, you know, and maybe book in a couple small, an hour, two hours on a Saturday, you know, a decluttering session with yourself to see how it goes. Like, I want you to be successful. So maybe you need to start small and understand that this is going to take a little while.
0: Mhm. And that's really good advice because I think, you know, in in anything, right? I mean, obviously I work in uh in in the sort of health side of things, right? As a practitioner, and I have to tell that to people all the time. It's like, look, you're trying to change your life around, um you got to you you, you got to start with an area and sort of take it in little chunks, right? Um, there there's no way you're going to just magically transform your health or your life or your environment or anything like that in the blink of an eye. And so... So, uh,
1: wait, you know, are you saying that a five-day cleanse is not going to k- k- k-
0: cure everything? <laughs> <laughs> Ten days? No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's, yeah, it, but, right. But you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a springboard, right? I mean, this is the whole thing. Like I always say to people, and I think it's very relative to what we're talking about, is you know, perhaps if you just get stuck into the dining room with a pile of papers, that's going to be the platform for you to then say, okay, right, I'm going to tackle the walk-in closet. You know what I mean? I'm going to tackle the garage that's just piled to the rafters with, with stuff because that's much bigger. And at least that's the way I see it. And from a health perspective, I always say to people, just start with one thing, move on to another thing. And as you slowly change these things, eventually that becomes your new normal. And that's how you change. Right. And the
1: other thing that I will say is to pay very close attention to how you feel about the area that you've decluttered. Like, you know, I, I said, I I'm off sugar. Um, And so I'm paying very close attention to how I feel, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what does it feel with this outside, not in my body? So we feel like, oh, you know what? My dining room table is clear. I come home at night and I just see that and I already feel my stress drop down. Like, pay attention to how it makes you feel to have less clutter,
0: hmm Well, and look, I mean, I think that anyone would agree once you actually have less clutter, you're going to feel amazing. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no two absolutely. ways about it. Absolutely. Right?
1: Absolutely. I like mean, a- y- yes, absolutely. I get emails, I work with clients, you know, I just feel lighter, I feel less stressed. You can, and it's just the simple fact that you don't have to deal with as much. That's really the simplest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I think people forget that all of these little things start adding up, right? um, you know, and you, we just walked through the seven, uh, clutter blocks. And I think once you start probing a little deeper into each of those, you will find a much deeper emotional, psychological, mental side of things that, you know, as we said in the beginning of this episode, um, sort of this compounded effect that increases your stress levels. Um, you know, whether, you, whether you're aware of it or not. It, it's,
1: Absolutely. Well, and it's also, you know, it's so much like diet, like Look, if you have a piece of, you know, one or two pieces of dark chocolate a week or one cookie a week, maybe not so bad. But all of a sudden, if you're eating a cookie a day, three cookies a day, it's going to wear on your health. It's the yeah. same thing. you know, a, pi- a small pile of papers that if you sat down and gave it an hour would go away, that's not going to affect you as much as sort of, you know, six piles and a pile of magazines and books on the floor, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's the cumulative effect and it's going to start to wear you down.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, So, I mean, aside from people like maybe just blocking out an hour or two and having a decluttering session in whatever room in their house, do you feel, I mean, what other sort of like two or three like big tips would you give people to really get themselves moving forward with all this?
1: One, you may need help. This may be a project you can't do on your own. And that's okay. If you wanted to learn how to play the violin, you would go get a violin teacher. It's okay to ask for help. Ask a friend, you know, trade with a friend. I, I don't recommend that parents ask their kids to help, because that <laughs> tends to <laughs> create a lot of family dynamic. Um, but you may need help. And understanding and accepting that you may need help is a great, um, a great way to start. I also like people to build in a reward, right? If you're going to block out two hours of decluttering, then at the end of it, make a lunch date with your best friend or go see a movie or, you know, set, set aside an hour to watch your favorite TV show or read a book, right? Reward yourself for your hard work. Acknowledge that you did that. This isn't easy. I'm paid a lot of money. I have a huge team. This is hard work. So, I want people to understand that. And then I think I really, the other thing is, I want people to be accountable. You know, even if you can't start decluttering right away and you've got to make some peace with what's going on, to be mindful about what you're bringing in. Mm, Right? Why are you really shopping? Yeah, really good point. you, You know, I think if we can just start there and then you can, you know, slow and steady wins this race.
0: Mm-hmm. And those are all really, I mean, just great um, practical advice, but also, I think just applies to this whole process right across the board. Um, so, so fantastic. Thank you for that. Um, lastly, just to sort of um, wrap things up for us. How do we organize ourselves so that we prevent this from happening in the future and you know obviously the one thing you said is just being mindful about what we bring into our house but do you have any other sort of uh, tips or tools that
1: people can use yeah absolutely so <clears throat> I think that um, I think that we should all schedule in a sort of weekly neaten up our house get our house back together you know if you can't tidy up a room in 20 minutes or less clutter's gotten the upper hand. Hmm. So I really like people to schedule a little time on a Sunday, so they start their Monday. You know, with everything put back together. Look, I know if you have kids, it's a tough one. Those playrooms can just That's knock hard. you off.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard.
1: really hard, man. It's really hard. I, I, I don't have kids, but I have a little niece and nephew and I go to stay with them. And I'm like, it is 45 minutes to put this playroom back, yep. like you know, it's re- and that's a lot of time when you're working. So I understand. But if you can get the whole family involved and if you can, you know, sort of have a really good starting point, like this is our baseline. This is where we feel positive. Then when it starts to get out of control, you'll know it.
0: Mm Um, any other sort of tips there?
1: You know, I, uh, I just want people to really be mindful about their relationship to their stuff. What are they Mm. really using it for? You know, it's get. This is gonna. I think if people are listening to this podcast, they're searching. They're searchers anyway. Mm-hmm. So you know, oftentimes we sort of think, oh, well, we just have stuff. It's just stuff. What you know, what's the big deal? But there's a really complicated relationship, and so I would love people to start changing that relationship and understanding. You know, it can free them up.
0: Yeah, you know, and you, you just reminded me of something, and I'll share a, a personal story. Is um, I went through a divorce um, many years ago. And long story short, you know, after divorce, I didn't have a lot of stuff. Right. Um, So, you know, I moved out, didn't have a lot of stuff, didn't really want a lot of stuff. And then about three or four years later, I found myself, I I was just living on my own. And um, I decided to go back home to uh, South Africa. That's where I'm from. That's why I got a funny accent. And, um, (laughs) and, and it was interesting to me because, I put everything in a storage unit while I was away and every single thing that I owned fit into a five by nine storage unit, which was kind of crazy, right? That was a couch, that was a bed, um, that was stuff. Obviously my clothes I took with me, but I remember looking at the storage units and I mean, it was a temporary storage unit, but I thought to myself, wow, like, this feels really good. It feels really good to not have a lot of stuff and not because I'm a minimalist because I have more stuff now, but it was just really good at the time for me to just really strip everything down and to not have so much stuff like energetically around me. And then um, you know, moving out of that. And once I came back from that vacation and then moving that stuff into a new apartment, it was quite liberating. I got to say, it was a very refreshing, uplifting kind of experience. Um, to not oh, and you to
1: bring up a, a fantastic exercise that I do with clients a lot. Like, think about when you travel, right? Everyone's like, oh, I just had the best vacation. I just loved it. It was fantastic. And I'm like, yeah, a part of that is you just went with a suitcase. <laughs> you know, that when we travel, we feel so much lighter and so much freer and not mm-hmm. burdened. And it's like, y- yes, absolutely. So really think about, you know, think about that. Like, I like that feeling. I don't want to be so bogged down. I don't want to be so burdened.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and perhaps also people are they have a change of scenery, right? If you've got clutter all around your house and you're constantly looking at that or perhaps not looking at it, and all of a sudden you're not looking at it because you're somewhere else, um, maybe, you know, subconsciously and energetically, you feel much lighter. You feel like you're having a good time because your stuff's not around you.
1: Um, there's a reason that when we go to the spa, there's not a lot of stuff.
0: Mm, true. Right? True, true, true. Yeah. Well, Tracy, it's been a fantastic conversation. I I really enjoyed um, you coming on the show today. I enjoyed reading your book. And I find that the approach that you've taken to, and just just not even the approach, I think also just the way that you view all of this um, really resonates with me and I'm sure resonates with a lot of our listeners out there. So thank you for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you so much. I uh, I I loved it. This was a fantastic way to start the day, and you know I look forward to getting feedback from everybody on how their decluttering goes.
0: Absolutely. And um, before I let you go, uh, what's the best way for people to tap into you um, and connect with you? Whether it's social media, websites, anything like that.
1: Absolutely. Uh, social media, both Facebook and Instagram. Facebook, I am. This is Tracy McCubbin, and. I'm Tracy underscore McCubbin. The book is called Making Space Clutter Free, the last book on decluttering you'll ever need. It's available at independent bookstores and Amazon at your library. Um, there's a Kindle version and an audiobook if you don't want the clutter. And um, you know, Facebook and Instagram are a great place to find me. And my website is simply tracymccubbin.com
0: amazing all right so i'm going to put those down in the show notes for uh you folks listening out there uh tracy thanks again for coming on the show had a really great time chatting with you today
1: thank you
0: and uh, as always those of you listening out there if you enjoyed today's episode uh please share this with your friends your family your community um subscribe leave us a review whatever you can do to help me bring more awesome guests like tracy and uh, you have yourself a beautiful day wherever you are